Welcome to Business Class Money Minutes, powered by American Express. This is the podcast unpacking big money topics for small business owners, providing you with the tools and insights to solve those common financial headaches. I'm your host, founder and entrepreneur, Sharmadine Reed, and today we're going to learn all about how to keep your supply chain agile and flexible with our guest, Aaron Gelbard. Aaron is the co-founder and CEO of Bloom and Wild, an online flower delivery company. Last year, Bloom and Wild delivered 7 million boxes and plants, tripled their revenue from 2019 to 2022, and they now work with over 200 growers and suppliers. So if you're looking to learn different ways to manage your supply chain, then this one's for you. Aaron, welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's start right at the beginning. Tell me about the journey from seed to table. How do I get my first bouquet? It's very interesting. From the very beginning, we realized that we needed to get the flowers from the farm where they're grown to you as quickly as possible, Mm. because that means less waste, less expensive and longer vase life. And so we set out finding our first grower, finding our first place to pack flowers, not very many to start with. And we stuck with that model as we've grown all the way to today. So talk to me, are they grown in, for example, Holland? That's what everyone associates with flowers, don't they? They're grown in Holland and then they get cut in Holland. They go on a boat or a plane, they get to the UK and then what happens? That's right. So the flowers get cut wherever they're grown, um, which could be Holland, Kenya, UK, elsewhere. Sometimes we also bunch the flowers where we cut them, which helps us reduce waste because you don't ship a flower to another country and then find that you need to reject it for quality reasons. And we um, send flowers often by plane, but we are working on sea freight at the moment, actually, as part of our net zero commitment and being climate neutral, which we are. So the big question is, how has the pandemic impacted your supply chain? I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there who are struggling with various ingredients, supply chain, travel, etc. Tell us how it affected you. There have been a few phases. During the very early days of the pandemic, there was just a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know if we were going to be able to carry on sourcing from all of the countries where we source, producing in all of the countries where we produce. And so we changed our whole supply chain. We made sure that each bouquet was comprised of flowers that were sourced entirely in one country so that um, if we lost countries from a supply perspective, we'd still be able to have the majority of our range. And we did that very quickly. We also set up additional production operations in the Netherlands to de-risk ourselves as well. As the pandemic progressed, we saw a lot of growth. We're very fortunate and we we're able to scale up both our supply chain and our technology to manage that. And then as we've come out of the world of COVID restrictions and started to see sort of normalization, as people call it, we've been quite fortunate in terms of supply chain disruption. The countries where we source have been less affected by war in Ukraine, other global events. And so our supply chain has remained undisrupted, but cost pressures have certainly been there. And this is where our sustainability program is really important because the number one thing that it focuses on is reducing waste down to as near zero as possible. I love how you say we went into a panic in the calmest voice ever. (laughs) One of the things I've always respected about you is your ability to always find a solution. You're very solution orientated. And I can imagine that when the pandemic was affecting your supply chain, it's like you kick into gear as a leader and you effectively think, how can I solve this crisis and this problem? And you did that through reducing, as you said, to one country and making sure that you can de-risk as much as possible. But like you just said now, in terms of the current economic climate, what does that mean for your business? Because you've talked about rising costs, things like energy, fuel, how have they impacted your supply chain? 
Absolutely. So energy and fuel costs are up, and that means that our costs have gone up. There are a couple of things we've done. One is trying to reduce down our use of heated greenhouses, which Mm. are the biggest consumers of gas in our supply chain. Can I just rewind a little bit? So as rising fuel costs happen, do you get a war room together and look at your entire supply chain cost list and, you know, go through your P&L and how are you actually identifying that it was the greenhouse that was, you know, responsible for this? We're pretty obsessed with data. So we have metrics that are available daily on all of the various aspects of our cost base. And so we can understand when costs are going up. And it became very clear that flower costs were going up. And as we spoke to our primary suppliers, growers about this, we learned that it was because of gas and energy prices. Your suppliers were basically putting their prices up. Yes. And you were like, what's going on? And they were like, it's more expensive for us. So they're passing on the cost to you. Are you then passing it on to your customers? How do you navigate that challenge? Yes, we have increased our prices for customers. As of most other businesses, we aren't immune to cost pressures, but we've tried to reduce the amount by which we've increased prices Mm. by reducing our exposure to rising energy costs and avoiding heated greenhouses and instead using ones that are either heated by green energy or sourcing flowers from countries where there's the right natural climate, like Kenya, as we talked about has helped us reduce our exposure to gas-heated greenhouses. The other thing that helps us reduce our exposure is deployment of our algorithm that helps us balance out supply and demand, and in doing so, keep waste down. Our waste is typically around 5%, and industry average can be up to 40%. Wow, that's incredible. So from what I'm hearing about your business, it's like you literally have daily data, daily challenges. You're constantly looking at all of the areas of the business and how it fits together in one neat puzzle. But actually, there's a lot of innovation there. So when you said you're looking for alternate energy sources, technology and innovation play a big part of your business. But how is it improving your knowledge of your supply chain? You've talked about an algorithm there. Could you elaborate a little bit more? Of course. In our business, because our product is perishable, we can't um, hold inventory for very long. So We need to basically have flowers leave us and go to consumers as soon as possible. How soon is that? Ideally the same day. Yeah. And then arriving the next day. Sometimes it takes one more day. Sometimes flowers need a little bit of time to be conditioned in order to arrive with consumers in the best possible condition. We need to balance how many orders we're going to get in any given day versus how much stock we have, both in aggregate and then for each individual bouquet type and the underlying stems that we've got in it. And we need to be able to update that real time because we have things like uh, quality rejections, Mm. for example, where we can't use a particular stem. And so we have to replan what we're going to be able to sell. And in order to do that, we're doing it across eight countries now. So the complexities become quite high. We have developed a system that basically makes products more or less prominent depending on a combination of what the customer demand for a given product is and therefore our conversion rate and things like that but also what our supply position is for a given product so that we don't end up wasting products and that's partly through how we automatically merchandise our website and our apps it's partly through the promotions that we run which customers we offer them to how much discount on which particular products and that's all proprietary and has which really was going to be my question <laughs> definitely proprietary we have to understand this it's the heart of our business I, I can't let somebody else run it for me so this proprietary algorithm and this technology you know for anyone who's listening 
understands an algorithm, you need to input data. It takes time to build up. It takes time to learn. Were you thinking about your proprietary technologies part of your supply chain process from day one? How did you approach that when you started your business? From even before day one, and I didn't do it right, but the very, one of the very first things I did was to try and um, find a way of getting data out of the flower auction. We actually don't source from the auction, but at the very beginning, we thought we were going to, um, before we realized we could have a more efficient supply chain. What is the flower auction? There's a large flower auction outside Amsterdam where the majority of flowers that are consumed in Europe pass through. So they will go from a grower to an importer, auction, exporter, wholesaler, shop customer and that's the traditional flower supply chain which we're trying to avoid because there are so many steps and therefore lots of waste high prices poor vase life so talk to me about your sustainability commitments because i can imagine that people are thinking flowers not very sustainable difficult business to think about the climate talk to me about it of course so we are uh, very sustainability focused as a business we are certified um, carbon neutral we have made a net zero pledge which we'll be publishing in the coming months. And the specifically, there are a large number of initiatives that we pursue in order to keep down our carbon footprint. The single biggest one is understanding what the carbon footprint of each stem and therefore each bouquet is. So we've, again, built our own technology that in addition to me knowing that a peony costs 50p, I know exactly how many grams of carbon it's uh, created on its journey. And then we give our range teams a carbon budget for each bouquet that they're creating in addition to a monetary budget. They have a carbon budget as well as a monetary budget. With technology to be able to manage that carbon budget in an automated fashion, because actually a stem might not have the same carbon footprint one day as another day if you get it from a different grower, if the weather in a different country changes or, or things like that. And so investing in this has been a really important part of understanding our baseline The things that we're doing to reduce carbon, biggest one is trying to get waste down as close to zero as possible. I mentioned sea freight um, as an alternative. Where we are sourcing flowers from greenhouses in Europe, we're trying to work to eliminate work with greenhouse operators who are powering their greenhouses through fossil fuels and instead only work with greenhouses that are powered by renewable energy, which is a shift that is accelerating in the industry with rising gas prices. So those have been some of the big steps that we've taken and then trying to get logistics and deliveries as close to zero. So when you're choosing your suppliers, are you asking them for their carbon commitments also? Yes. How have those conversations been for you? Look, a lot of the industry is trying to move in this direction as well. We're, we're not the only people trying to build a more sustainable business. The whole flower industry is trying to make itself more sustainable, partly because that's what its customers, retailers like us, want, partly because it's what end consumers want, partly because there's a a sense of responsibility among business operators, which I think is present in many sectors. And now, to be honest, partly because um, fossil fuels are becoming more expensive and there's more energy uncertainty. So if you can operate your business with less exposure to fossil fuels, then that's becoming more and more attractive. So you've done as much as you can to minimise your exposure to fossil fuels, but how do you manage global trends such as drought that might affect your business? Because as we've seen, this summer has been crazy for weather changes Mm -hmm. that have been completely unexpected in, you know, the north. What do you do about those? We need to have diversity of um, supply and we need to have diversity of range. So we are sourcing from many different countries and we have many different bouquets and different bouquets have got products coming primarily from one country or another. 
when people are looking to buy flowers, it's not like you go to the supermarket and you plan to buy tomatoes or cucumbers because that's going in the salad that you plan to make. You're more commonly looking for a bouquet and you want to be inspired by the flower business that you're buying from. So this gives you um, some flexibility to to choose what's on offer. And for, for us, that means that if we have to turn off supply from a particular country because of weather conditions or any other form of uncertainty, then we can adapt our range accordingly and continue to offer great products to customers. So having that diversity of supplies is therefore super important. So what are the financial commitments on your business for choosing a sustainable route? In some ways, there are additional costs from being more sustainable. We have to pay for carbon credits, for example, especially as we look to invest in carbon removal and not just carbon offsetting as part of our net zero plan. However, it's not just a one-sided picture. The fact that we are obsessing about waste in order to hit carbon targets is making our business more profitable. And also the fact that we're investing in sustainability and telling our consumers about that and being really transparent about what we're doing and how we're improving is, I think, improving our sales as consumers are looking to buy from companies who they trust from a sustainability perspective. Most people would assume that to choose sustainable supplies means it's going to be more expensive. And in a time when everyone's watching their costs, that is a really difficult decision to make. So is it more costly to choose sustainable supplies or not? Sometimes it's more costly, but it isn't necessarily uh, more costly. For example, in our business, the carbon footprint of sourcing from Kenya versus uh, and using an aeroplane versus sourcing from a heated greenhouse in Northern Europe, which is powered by fossil fuels, is uh, six times better to take the Kenya option. And that's also a less expensive option. So sometimes uh, it can be more expensive to be more sustainable. And we certainly incur additional costs in order to be carbon neutral as a business. But sometimes there are ways of designing your supply chain to both benefit from lower cost position and therefore give customers better prices while also being more sustainable. That's really surprising because if I'd seen Kenya on a packet of anything and then known that it was flown by plane, I would naturally assume, oh, this is worse for the planet. It's coming from further away. How do you communicate to customers the messaging around what actually is happening in the supply chain versus the carbon footprint? So a few things. Firstly, we are communicating that we're carbon neutral anyway, and we have that certified. So we're building trust from uh, customers on a macro level. Secondly, we publish a sustainability report annually for each of our three brands, Bloom and Wild, Blumon and Bergamot, where we talk very transparently about the sourcing decisions that we're making and why we make them. We don't try to hide the fact that we source from Kenya because actually we think in many cases it's the right decision for creating better and more sustainable products. And that regular conversation with your customers about your supply chain is really important when everyone is so aware through media or literally from looking outside of how the planet is changing every day. Yes, 100% agree. It's uh, something we focus on a lot. What's the most surprising piece of data in your technology that I would be like, oh, didn't think that would affect anything? I don't think you'd have expected that up to 40% of flowers are wasted before they ever get to a customer. But that's really common with passing through so many middlemen misforecasting at each step, which gets worse as you get to smaller businesses further down the chain where data practices are less accurate um, and volumes are lower, which means that waste by definition is higher. Have you thought about how you might monetize your data to the wider industry? Because it sounds like you 
have something that is really, really working for you. You've had incredible growth in the business as well as benefiting the planet. How could you make your data part of your business model? One of the things that we're doing at the moment is we've just um, launched our gift edit where um, we're now working with suppliers in adjacent uh, categories like chocolates, um, confectionery, um, scented candles, for example. And part of our value proposition to the retailers that we're partnering with and bringing onto our platform is that we have this deep understanding of our consumers at large scale, which they're able to access by selling through us. We also are able to help them manage perishability, waste and forecasting uh, because we have such strong understanding of um, consumption trends and therefore we can be attractive partners for these other businesses. And that's something that we're looking to scale. Thinking about the last 12 months, where have you saved more money than you anticipated and where have you spent more money? 18 months ago, we made our first acquisition. We acquired um, a business in the Netherlands called Blumon. As we have uh, brought uh, Blumon and Blumen Wild together, we've worked a lot on integration. Um, so we've integrated our technology. We've integrated, we've moved Blumon over onto the Blumen Wild tech platform. We've integrated our supply chains and we're actually using Blumon's proprietary sourcing platform and some of its warehouse production technology for bouquet making. And When supply chains unite. Exactly. <laughs> Super supply chain. <laughs> exactly. The fact that they're based in the Netherlands, which is such a central location mm. of the flower industry, has been really helpful. The benefits have been bigger than we expected in terms of better conversion rate, better customer retention as a result of the migration to our platform, and the fact that we have an app which is award-winning, which Bloomon now has as well. So those have been the sort of financial upsides. The downside, um, unsurprisingly, is that the whole integration has taken longer than we expected and therefore... Always the, takes longer than expected. Always takes longer and therefore the investment, especially the first time that you do something like this, and um, it's been a, a major challenge for our combined tech team and therefore the investment in technology, albeit to get to an endpoint we're really excited about, has been bigger than we expected. Aaron, thank you so much for your valuable insights today. I learned a lot about the flower industry, but primarily I learned that data and building proprietary technology is super important if you want to make your supply chain as efficient and waste-free as possible. I'm really excited about the idea of a carbon budget. I've never heard of that before, and I think it's really, really, really great that you tell your team this is how you're going to move forward with the business. And then finally, diversifying suppliers to make sure that you're never, never under the pressure from crazy weather, prices, fuel, all of that going on and de-risking yourself in your business. So thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you very much, uh, Sharmadine, for having me. It's been great to chat to you about this. Make sure you check out the Business Clash Trends and Insights Hub for the latest articles and videos on everything related to small business finances at americanexpress.com forward slash UK forward slash business class and don't forget to subscribe to the business class money minutes which you'll find wherever you get your podcasts you'll never miss an episode until next time from me Sharmadine Reed, and the entire business class money minutes team goodbye and take care no matter the size of your business American Express has your back our range of business cards gives you greater control over your cash flow, so you'll have the flexibility to respond to change and chase opportunities. Plus, you can earn rewards from your day-to-day -day spend and invest it back into your business. Visit americanexpress.com uk slash business card to learn more. Terms apply.